Hey friends, it's Amaris. I am so excited to share this awesome episode with you all. I had the privilege of interviewing Aaron and Jennifer Smith from Marriage After God. Aaron and Jennifer have been married for over 12 years. They have four beautiful little kiddos, and they do lots of ministry together. In this episode, we dive into how they started doing ministry together, all about their new book that comes out next week, and how God is using their marriage to inspire other couples in the mission that God has for us. Friends, God has a plan for your marriage, and you don't want to miss out on this episode because I'm confident that it will challenge you in the mission that God has for you and your spouse. So with that being said, let's dive into episode 29 with Aaron and Jennifer Smith. You may not always see it, but there is a lot of sweet in every mess and in all of the mundane. Exodus 3.8 is a promise to deliver us from the brokenness of life into one filled with hope. We are here to remind you of God's faithfulness and how His love can lead you into a land flowing with milk and honey. Join us, Lindsay and Amaris, as we get raw and share practical wisdom for all things marriage, motherhood, faith, and womanhood. So grab a cup of coffee and get cozy. This is the Milk and Honey Podcast. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Milk and Honey Podcast. I'm Amaris and I'm here with our wonderful guests, Aaron and Jennifer Smith from the Marriage After God Podcast. How are you guys doing? We're doing awesome. Hi, thanks for having us. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Like this is the first time that we actually have gotten to talk over my microphone, <laughs> yeah. but I saw that you guys have four children. Awesome. So um, Aaron and I have been married for about 12 and a half years now. And yeah, we have four young children. Um, Elliot, who is uh, six and a half. Olive just turned four. Wyatt is almost two and a half. And our baby Truett is... See, nine months. Nine months. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Crazy. Wow. Very busy. I'm similar in the age gaps. I've got a five and a half year old, an almost four year old, and then an 11 month old. Oh, wow. oh, awesome. So you guys are about to launch a new book, right? Yeah, we're super excited about it. Yeah, it comes out June 4th. And yeah, we've been we've been working on it for over a year. It's called Marriage After God. And we had a, a heart to encourage other couples with this message of using what God's given you in your marriage to glorify Him. And that kind of came out of your history, right? It was birthed out of the struggles and the difficulty that you guys experienced when you were first married. The ministries that we started um, way back when came out of just some turmoil that we were having in our marriage, uh, dissatisfaction, discontentment. Uh, we had some physical issues, not being able to have intimacy normally. <laughs> things were painful and that lasted a long time. And uh, what God used that season of our life to do was to bring us to the end of ourselves mm. and point us to what he actually wanted us to do and what he wanted us to be focusing on and, and really showed us why we were even together in the first place and showed us what our marriage was for. And so ever since then, we've been walking that way, just saying yes to God in a bunch of little ways that have added up over time. And, and so this book, Marriage After God, is to get the readers, the couples that are reading it, to do the same, to say yes to God in all the ways that he's calling them to, to be used in the unique and special and extraordinary way that God has prepared them to be used. Yeah. And I love that you guys are doing this together. So many marriages are you know, done separately. Like a lot of the wives have their ministries or the husbands do their jobs or you know, however which way it works. But I love that you guys are doing this ministry and this book together because 
it gives men and women a full example of what a godly marriage looks like. Yeah, and that's the the heart behind it is that there's more power in the unity. There's more power in the husband and the wife moving in the same direction in the same mind, in the same spirit towards the same goal uh, than if we're trying to chase our own desires, our own dreams separately. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that you know you couldn't continue on in that full time job. Or, you know, quit everything just to pursue something together. The goal and the inspiration behind this book is to encourage couples that no matter where you're at right now, be communicating, be on the same page, be in support of each other and the oneness in your marriage instead of doing that whole striving for your own thing. Yeah. Right. And asking the question, what does God want from us? You know, yeah, and- why has he brought us together? What has he giving, given us that he desires us to use for his glory? Because there's many marriages where the, both spouses work separately or the husband works full time and the wife's at home full time as a mother or, you know, all those different dynamics. And that doesn't mean you can't pursue the ministry that God has for you together. It's going to be that you're on the same page, that you're going the same direction together mm-hmm. and you have the same goal. Yeah. So we love how you guys mentioned in your book that God's design for marriage is for husbands and wives to be ambassadors of a holy love to a hurting world. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? It's God's heart. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16 through 20, we essentially get from Paul the the mandate that we have from Christ, that Christ came to redeem us to the Father, and then he's passed that ministry, that what we, we call in the book, that heavenly vocation to us and that we now become ambassadors of Christ to a hurting world to reconcile them to the father and that's our ministry that's the that's our goal in life is that we use what God's given us to do this mm-hmm. and this is going to be manifested in an infinite number of ways which is what's beautiful about the body of Christ as we're told in Romans and in other places in the Bible that every part is necessary that every person has been given gifts according to their faith and according to their abilities and they all when are working together they do this. They show the world, the hurting world, they show them the love of God and they, the message is reconciliation to the Father. And one of the um, big ways that we kind of express this through the Marriage After God book is pointing people to realize that their marriage is their first ministry, meaning that how you interact with each other is the example that you're showing your family, but also to the rest of the world. And, you know, what we've experienced in our personal life is just that when we're living out those one another verses and treating each other with love and respect and cherishing each other, we're showing them a picture of the gospel. We're showing the world, you know, the light of Christ in our lives and the power of God working through us to be able to live this way. And so when I think about being an an ambassador for God, we're spreading the message through our marriage. That's the first way we do it. And it's actually the one of the most powerful ways we can practice that walk is how we are in our marriage. We could have this powerful ministry and we can go love people outside of our home and go give to the poor and go do all these things. And then our home is falling apart and our wives don't feel cherished and loved and supported and, our, and the husbands are feeling disrespected and, and there's separation and there's strife and there's enmity and there's no unity and no love. And it's hypocrisy. It's fake. And so we're showing the world one thing over here and they're saying, well, I don't want that because you don't even have it. Mm -hmm. You know, we say, oh, God's loving, God's patient, God's Mm -hmm. kind, God's generous, God's good, God forgives. And then they look at our marriage and they see the opposite of all those things. Mm -hmm. And so we say in the book, Mm -hmm. you know, what gospel are you preaching to the world through your marriage? You know, is it a gospel of unconditional love? Is it a gospel of reconciliation? Is it a gospel of redemption? Or is it something else? And so we, we start with showing that this marriage that we have is not just for our own benefit. It's not just for happily ever after, but it's for 
showing the world one of the most powerful pictures we're given in scripture of the gospel mm-hmm. other than Jesus Christ himself is and Paul even says this is the you know marriage is it's the mystery of it is that it represents Christ and the church you know as the church we become part of the body of Christ we get reconciled to the father and then in marriage we get to be a picture of that a symbol to the world that we believe that that is true and so when the bible tells me in Ephesians 5 to love my wife as Christ loves the church giving himself up for her washing her by the water with the word my obedience shows the world shows outsiders that i believe what the word says about my salvation that i believe that Christ is my savior that i believe what god said and then my wife gets to benefit from that of course on the contrary when my wife walks the way the word tells her to walk she now is a picture of how the church submits to Christ, how the church walks with Christ. And so when our desire is, hey, we're going to walk this ministry out together. And no, we're not perfect, but we're going to pursue righteousness. We're going to pursue holiness. We're going to pursue what the word says. That overflows into the ministry that God has for us into the world, into reconciling them to the Father. I love that. My husband and I do a lot of young adult. We started with high school ministry and then it's turned into young adults. And now we're in like premarital ministry and a lot of really young families. And what we've noticed is it starts in the beginning. You know, if they came from a really broken home where the family was dysfunctional, where there was abuse, where there was neglect, divorce, whatever it may be, that has really affected their view of the church and their view of God. And so if we become those ambassadors and operate with the ministry of reconciliation within our marriages and we reflect the character and nature of God as a married couple, it shows the whole world the beauty of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And we see that on a weekly basis. Like we, my husband and I do all of our ministries together except for podcasting, but nearly every ministry that I have we do together. And it's because we've seen the power of operating in unity, mm-hmm. like the power of going forth and doing things. It's even when in parenting, you know, my husband often has to reinforce me with, you know, when we discipline our children, I need him to reinforce me and vice versa. We have to reinforce each other. But there's that beautiful power in unity and displaying the gospel within the unity of a marriage. We can actually hinder the view of the gospel. That doesn't mean God's gospel is going to not go out and do what it's going to do because God's good, but we can get in the way of what God wants to do in our, in and through us. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to speak to you, um, Amaris, that, you know, even though your husband doesn't do this podcast with you, I'm sure that as a team, you guys have decided that this ministry is important and I'm sure he helps, right? He probably is watching the kids or organizes certain things so that you can do this. And that's exactly what we get at. You support each other. Yeah. The support is like, even if, you know, in the, so in the beginning of our ministry, we started Unveiled Wife, you know, years ago now, and I wasn't on the front end. I wasn't visible. I didn't do any of the writing, but I used my skills and giftings and talents to um, build the website and do the social media and the marketing and the graphics so that all my wife had to do was use her gifts and talents. And so together in tandem, we used our gifts and talents and resources for a single, for a ministry, for something that God was doing in us. And at the time it just happened to be Unveiled Wife. Since then we've had Husband Revolution. Now we do Marriage After God. So there's been this metamorphosis over time of more and more involvement together, but it's always been the same whether I was on the front end or not, whether I was visible or not, we were a team. We were doing the same thing, just using our unique giftings and talents together. It's very much very similar to like the way that my husband and I do things. And he's always said that I want to be such a humble and uh, selfless 
serving husband, that my wife, that I can promote her and push her forward despite whatever season she's in. And may it look different for him. He's always wanting to promote me and help me to move forward. And I think that that's a very noble characteristic for a husband. We want to take a quick second to talk to you all about a product that we love called FabFitFun. Amaris and I were so giddy when we received our own boxes in the mail. If you haven't heard about FabFitFun, it's a seasonal box with full-size beauty, fitness, and lifestyle products. You don't get those tiny samples, you guys. You get the really good stuff and for a seriously affordable price. Each season's box offers a variety of incredible quality brands like Tarte, Kate Somerville, Anthropology, Free People, and Dr. Brand just to name a few. They always sell out quickly, so don't wait too long. Check out www.fabfitfun.com and use the code MHPOD. That's fabfitfun.com, M-H-P-O-D, so that you can save $10 off your first box, making it only $39.99. In your opinion, what is the end goal as believers when it comes to the covenant of marriage? The first thing that comes to my mind is the end goal is to be with Christ and to be with God, right? And so our life and our time here on earth, which is so precious and and such a gift when we truly think about, you know, time, it's a gift and we're called to steward that gift well. And so the end goal is how are we living out our day to day? And it seems really simple, but every single day, every single one of us have choices to make. We get to interact with one another and respond to each other. And are we going to choose to walk in the spirit? Are we going to choose to live righteously for that end goal of being with God? (laughs) Or are we living for ourselves? And so I think that's a question that kind of drives us. Yeah. Like we said, the the end goal is glorifying Christ. If we don't believe the gospel, we're going to walk as if we don't believe the gospel. And what I mean by that is oftentimes our lives show what we believe, how we act, how we think, what we say, what we do. And so if we truly believed the gospel, the good news that we were separated from God by sin and the curse, and we had no way of reconciling ourselves to the Father, but because God loved us so much, He sent His Son Jesus to redeem us, to change us, to give us a new nature, to make us new creatures. And you know, it says that in Second Corinthians 5 also that it, we're no longer ourselves, we're God's now. And when we believe that, everything about us now points to the one who redeemed us because we're not ours anymore. Right. We thought we were ours and we weren't, we were, we were the devils. <laughs> you know, that's what it tells us in the, in the word. But now we're God's. We're his, our marriage, our children, our resources, our life, they're his, the end goal should be to bring glory to God, to point back to him and to, to continue to, to thank him for this good salvation that we've received in his son, Jesus. And marriage isn't the end goal. Marriage is a gift and a tool that he's given us while we're here on earth. And I want to highlight, I think that if you were to ask the world this question in context of the end goal of marriage, a lot of people would say it's living happily ever after, having Mm -hmm. you know that happiness of what my marriage experience is like. And I just wanted to speak to that for a second and say marriage was meant for so much more than just happily ever after. But I do believe in what we've experienced in our marriage is when you're chasing after God and when your desire is to align your heart with God and His will and His purposes for your life together, having a happily ever after is a byproduct of that. 
And so it happens. <laughs> and I would say that you get something much more valuable than happiness even. We get to actually experience joy, which is deeper because even when Jennifer and I have been in our hardest seasons, like let's say after you know our, our second child, which was really hard, and then our third child was even harder, just those, those postpartum seasons. Um, and then we've been in just mm. many ki- different kinds of seasons in our marriage. The, even when there's no happiness or when, when it, we're exhausted or we're tired, there's still a deep lasting joy because we know what we're doing because yeah. our minds are set on God. Our minds are set on the, on the, the prize set before us. We used to chase the, that thing, that elusive thing of like, well, when my wife finally does this and does this or is like this, then man, we're going to be like, or, you know, Jennifer, when she was chasing, like when my husband would just do this and it was very internal focus. And you, the only place you can end up is, you know, bumping heads, right? If you're, if you're looking at each other and you're always running at each other, you're just going to crash. But the moment we turned our faces away from just looking internally and we looked towards Christ and towards the the father and, and what he has for us, man, the, the joy and the peace and the transformation and uh, happiness comes from that too. But all the, the fruit that we see from running after him, it, um, it surpasses the, the pains. It surpasses the sufferings, the, the struggles, the tragedies, because it's far beyond what's happening right in front of us. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. I We went through a season of postpartum depression. And then in the midst of that, finding out that my father was an alcoholic and then he mm. died from alcoholism. And through the pain of that, the sweetness and tenderness of the presence of God was the most tangible it ever had been in my life. And it's so true that in through those difficulties in marriage and through suffering um, and pain and grief, no matter what type of season it looks like, when you press into God and you allow that pain to take your eyes off of yourself and the source of the pain back to the creator mm-hmm. of the universe. It, it brings joy in those darkest of seasons. Totally does. And uh, what's beautiful also, we, we mentioned this in the book when we talk about um, the tool belt that God's given us. And we use that analogy uh, to just give this picture of like, hey, everyone's been given something. And to be honest, we you, you probably don't realize it, but you've been given more than you think to be a steward over, to use for God's goodness. And one of those tools is, is our story. So like this story of your, your father and just the, the, the hurt that exists there and that pain. What's amazing about recognizing that God has a ministry for us and he desires that what we have be used for him and be given back to him is those things become beautiful tools. You know, the, the most painful part of our marriage was what turned this ministry into a thing. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say in a powerful testimony of the power of God in our lives. Right. In my history of, of seeing people that have just said yes to God and said, no, I'm going to use everything he's given me. Oftentimes the most powerful tool that they use is that their testament, what God did in their life, what, you know, how God used their hurt and their story and like, you know, how they were raised and things that they went through. And either those things can defeat us and define us, or those things can be the thing that brings victory to Christ. Mm -hmm. And we say, no, like that area that was was so hurtful and painful and felt like torture in the time, I'm going to give it to God and God's going to use it. And then that story now becomes something that brings hope to others and bring, and not just hope, but points people to God. Mm -hmm. 
like what you just said, you're like in that time, it was the most tangible I ever felt God. And, um, you know, Paul says, you know, the comfort that I'm comforted with, I comfort you with. Yes. And, you know, the, the comfort that you felt from God, you now can comfort others that are going through similar Yes, it reminds things. me of the scripture in Genesis. Joseph was saving all of his brothers. And he says, what you did to hurt me, God has used to save you. God has used to glorify himself. And it is so true. What others have done to hurt us, what, what has been pruning to us, God uses to his glory for our good and for the good of those around us. How do you guys on a daily basis nurture, you know, your relationships with God? I think that it's really important to make it a priority. And so for us personally, we get in the word daily. um, And, you know, we're not perfect at this. I don't want everyone to think that. We were actually just talking about it right before this interview. Yeah. Hey, how are we in the word lately? But I think that's an important point, Erin, is that we're checking in with each other. Hey, Are you getting in the word? Are you praying? Um, let's do it together. You know, there's mm-hmm. often times where we just get in bed at night and it's like, hey, let's put the phones away and let's just get in the word. But being that kind of accountability partner for each other is really important. And and um, talking about scripture is really important. You know, you know, after a Sunday morning, we like to do this. We get in the car and we drive while the mm-hmm. kids take a nap and we say, hey, how'd you enjoy church today? What stood out to you? And just what challenge focusing you? yeah. your your relationship back on God and asking each other, you know, what's he been teaching you lately? Or um, how can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. Um, these are all practical ways that we use uh, to nurture Prayer, them. always. Uh, praying for everything, all the time. Another way we do it, especially with with having kids, and we just want to encourage your listeners and everyone listening is be reading the Word of God with your kids, to your, to your kids as a family so that they start to recognize that a couple of things happen. The Word of God's not scary. As in, like, it's not hard. It's not intimidating, like, because there's a lot of people that didn't grow up with the Word of God, and they they have a hard time even opening it Mm because they like, no, this is like, I don't even know how to understand this. But reading it to them, but it also just sets a tone for the day. It gives us stuff to talk about with the kids. When you're when you're a parent and you're trying to be a godly parent, one of the easiest ways to stay in the Word of God is to just try and teach your kids the Word of God because it's hard when you're not thinking about it. Just jump into that. But when our kids are, you know, you were just talking about discipline. Reminding our kids of what the scriptures say about why they're being disciplined, what what they did that was wrong, and not that it's just bad to be that way, but like, no, actually, God desires this. Right. God hates that. So yeah, the, that's one of the ways we do it is we being with our doing. We call it family Bible time with our kids every day, being in the Word every day, prayer. That's uh, some practical for just cultivating your relationship, and then just trusting God, just knowing that He's good and He's there, and a heart of thankfulness is a is a huge thing for a Christian is just to be walking in thankfulness of the things that God's done and does and has given us. So if you had to choose just one chapter out of your book that was the most powerful and impactful in your own marriage, which would it be? Oh, that's a great question. Our favorite chapter, well, I'll say my favorite chapter definitely is chapter 10. And it's all about this idea or concept of a tool belt that God gives to every marriage. And it's kind of foundational to the message of marriage after God and why we even wanted to to write this book and to share it with other couples. And it's this idea that God has equipped all of us with, like Aaron's already touched on some of them, but your testimony, your relationship with God, resources and relationships, giftings, like natural talents that you guys have and passions that, that move you. And your experiences, you know, things you've learned over time or encounters you've had, all of these things contribute to what you have between you and your spouse. And it equips you for the work that God has for you, purposes that He already has Mm -hmm. 
for you to be able to walk in. And it's one of my favorite chapters. And I think it's because it's it's been a message that has encouraged Aaron and I over the years. Anytime that we've had kind of a monotonous job that we have to go to every day, and it maybe isn't something that we want to be doing, but we, we still got to encourage each other to find you know, the positive in it, or maybe it's, you know, a hard, challenging thing that we're walking through. Along the way, we always encourage each other, hey, this is something God's putting in our tool belt. Let's stick it out. Let's persevere. Let's keep going because eventually he's going to use it for something good, kind of like how you brought up with Joseph, you know. And so I think chapter 10 really encourages and drives home this point that God has equipped us for good works, for good purposes. And we got to be reminding each other of that daily. The first step is when we say, okay, Lord, yes. Whatever it is you have for us to do, right. yes, yeah. we will do it. And the second step is to identify the things that God's given to you to mm-hmm. steward. Mm-hmm. And we walk all the different categories that you can look at in your life. And like I said before, when Jennifer and I started the Unveiled Wife Ministry, the culmination of my giftings and talents and history and things that I've learned in schooling and the culmination of her giftings and talents and history and the culmination of our story, those all came together into this one thing. And when you say yes to God and you start looking at the things he's given you, what happens is you'll something will begin to emerge if it hasn't already. And you'll start to see like, man, like God actually wants us to use them like this. Okay. Or this is a way we could be walking and, and God, and we can just with wisdom and with prayer and with counsel, start seeing the direction God might have Aaron for and us. Jennifer, it was such a pleasure to have you on today. And for those that are listening, please go and follow Aaron and Jennifer all of their different platforms, but specifically Marriage After God, their podcast, and subscribe to their podcast. I'm really excited for your book, but I wanted to end this a little bit differently. I wanted to pray for you guys. I really I really believe in your ministry and the things that you guys are doing. So I just wanted to pray specifically for you guys before we got off this conversation. So Father, I thank, thank you, you for the work of this ministry. I thank you for Aaron and I, Jennifer, and I thank you, God, that you are doing a mighty thing within their marriage, that you're using them and you're using the unity that they have within their marriage. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would bless their marriage, that you would continue to pour out your spirit on them, that you would continue to minister to them as they are ministering to others in areas where they may feel drained or tired or worn out, or that you would pour out your spirit on them, that they would feel empowered, that they would walk in the power of the spirit. And Lord, I just ask that you would minister to them. And Lord, we just ask that specifically for this book, Lord, I ask that you would use it to glorify yourself, use it to minister to others. And Lord, I, I pray that ultimately more marriages would come into the fullness of what you're calling them to. They would come into the abundant living that you have called us to live in, or that marriages would walk in unity, that marriages would ultimately glorify you, or that you would redeem the marriages within the church as a whole, and that the the church in America and the global church, God, that we would start operating within the ministry of reconciliation, like they had mentioned, Lord, that we would start to operate within the calling that you have on our marriages. So God, I just thank you for their lives. I pray that you'd bless them and minister to them and give them more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much for being on our show. I'm really, really excited for your book and you guys are doing a really awesome thing. Bye. Thank Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of the Milk and Honey Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a second to visit our page on iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. 
It would mean so much to us. Your review helps the show to be found by other women like you. And it also helps us to continuously grow and become better as a podcast. For a daily pick-me-up, follow me, Lindsay, on Instagram at Sparrows and Lily and Amorous at Amorous Beecher. Tune in next week for more laughter, fun, hope, and encouragement. Bye, guys. Bye.